Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of phobic disorders found under the psychiatry section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 40-year-old male presents to a psychiatrist with complaint of feeling excessively anxious in social situations. He feels extreme distress in crowds and avoids socializing and going to events due to fear that he will be ridiculed by others. When forced into conversations, he begins hyperventilating, is diaphoretic, and develops palpitations. He has been invited to deliver a lecture at his alma mater during a class reunion next week and asks for medications to calm him down. After questioning that reveals an unremarkable history of medical conditions or substance use, the psychiatrist prescribes the patient a short course of propranolol. The patient agrees to follow up with the psychiatrist after the class reunion for cognitive behavioral therapy. Let's continue with an introduction to phobic disorders. As a general overview, remember that this refers to severe and marked fear or anxiety that is persistent for greater than six months as a result of the presence or anticipation of an object or situation. Also remember that the patient recognizes the fear is excessive and that the person avoids the phobic trigger. Phobic disorders actually encompass three of the DSM-5 diagnoses. These include social anxiety disorder, which is fear of an interpersonal situation, specific phobia, which is overwhelming persisting fear of an object or situation, and agoraphobia, which is fear of being alone in public places. In terms of the epidemiology, remember that the prevalence in the U.S. for social anxiety disorder is about 7%, whereas for specific phobia, it is between 7 and 9%, and for agoraphobia, it is about 1.7%. Demographically, the incidence in women versus men is between 1.5 to 2 times greater, and for social anxiety disorder, the majority of patients experience the onset between ages 8 to 15 years. For specific phobias, most develop during childhood, then eventually disappear, and for agoraphobia, the onset peaks in late adolescence and early adulthood. In terms of the pathophysiology, there is an increase in the activation in the prefrontal and orbital frontal cortex the anterior cingulate cortex, the insula, and the amygdala with phobia-related triggers. There is also sympathetic nervous system activation, which results in an increase in pulse and blood pressure. And conditions that are associated include anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms will include anxiety or severe emotional distress and avoidance of the feared object or situations. On exam, one will note manifestations of anxiety, which may include sweating, palpitations, increased blood pressure and pulse, dyspnea, dizziness, and tremor. And in terms of the diagnosis, remember that the exposure to the stimulus almost invariably provokes an immediate anxiety response, which may present as a panic attack, and the person recognizes the fear as excessive or unreasonable, and situations are avoided or endured with anxiety and distress, and there is significant interference with daily routine, occupational or social functioning, and or marked distress. With regards to treatment, lifestyle options include cognitive behavioral therapy, which is indicated as first-line therapy for specific phobia. Medical options include selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, such as paroxetine or sertraline. This is indicated as the treatment of social anxiety disorder and agoraphobia. Another option is selective serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, such as venlafaxine. This is indicated as the treatment of social anxiety disorder and agoraphobia. Another option is beta blockers, such as propanolol. This is indicated for the treatment of specific performance phobia, such as giving a speech. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, 
Remember that most patients respond to treatment with adequate resolution of symptoms, and that specific phobias often eventually disappear after childhood. The prognosis is also influenced by several factors, such as the diagnosis severity, the level of functioning prior to symptom onset, the motivation for treatment, the presence of a social support system, and compliance with medications and or psychotherapy. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to phobic disorders, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 27-year-old graduate student presents to his primary care physician with concerns about poor sleep quality. The patient states that he often has trouble falling asleep because he is nervous about having to go back to lab every morning and working with his lab mates. He is afraid that he is going to fail out of graduate school. He states that he recently performed poorly at a lab meeting where he had to present his research. This has been a recurrent issue for the patient anytime he has had to present in front of groups. Additionally, the patient is concerned that his girlfriend is going to leave him and feels the relationship is failing. The patient has a past medical history of irritable bowel syndrome for which he takes fiber supplements. His temperature is 98.9 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 117 over 68. Pulse is 80 beats per minute. Respirations are 12 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam is within normal limits. Which of the following is the best initial step in management? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Alprazolam during presentations. Choice 2. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Choice 3. Duloxetine. Choice 4. Fluoxetine. Or choice 5. Propanolol during presentations. The best answer to this question is choice two, cognitive behavioral therapy. This patient is presenting with recurrent anxiety in multiple situations, suggesting a diagnosis of social anxiety disorder. The best initial step in management is cognitive behavioral therapy. Social anxiety disorder presents with marked anxiety about one or more social situations for over six months in a patient who fears judgment and humiliation. Typically, there is marked impairment in either social, academic, or occupational spheres. The best initial step in management is CBT prior to beginning any medications. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Alprazolam during presentations could be appropriate if this patient only had anxiety during specific situations. However, it carries the risk of dependence. A better medication for the performance subtype of social anxiety disorder would be a beta blocker. Choice 3. Duloxetine is an SNRI which could be an appropriate initial medication for this patient if CBT fails. Choice 4. Fluoxetine is an SSRI which could be an appropriate initial medication for this patient if CBT fails. Choice 5. Propranolol during presentations could be appropriate for the performance subtype of social anxiety disorder. This patient's anxiety seems to occur in multiple situations rather than just in one specific context. For this reason, CBT would be a better initial step. Finally, a bullet summary. CBT is the best initial step in management for social anxiety disorder. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 32-year-old man arrives to his primary care physician to discuss his fear of flying. The patient reports that he has had a fear of flying since being a teenager. He went on a family vacation 15 years ago, and during the flight there was turbulence and a rough landing. Since then, he has avoided flying. He did not go to his cousin's wedding because it was out of the country. He also was unable to visit his grandmother for her 80th birthday. The last time his job asked him to meet a client out of state, 
he drove 18 hours instead of flying. Two years ago, he promised his fiance that they could fly to Florida. Upon arrival at the airport, he began to feel dizzy, lightheaded, and refused to go through security. During the clinic visit, the patient appears anxious and distressed. He recognizes that his fears are rational. He is upset that it is affecting his relationship with his wife. Additionally, his current job may soon require employees in his sales position to fly to meet potential clients. He is embarrassed to have a conversation with his manager about his fear of flying. Which of the following is the best therapy for the patient's condition? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Alprazolam Choice 2. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy Choice 3. Fluoxetine Choice 4. Psychodynamic Psychotherapy Or Choice 5. Sulpidum The best answer to this question is Choice 2. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy the patient is presenting with a specific phobia of flying that causes him significant distress and has resulted in avoidance despite his knowing the fear is irrational. Specific phobias are treated with cognitive behavioral therapy. A specific phobia is a fear of a specific object such as an animal or situation such as flying or elevators. There are various clinical manifestations, but most involve extreme measures of avoidance. The patient is often embarrassed or distressed and recognizes that the fear is irrational. First-line treatment is cognitive behavioral therapy, which often involves some form of exposure therapy and anxiety management. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Alprazolam is a short-acting benzodiazepine. Medications are not first-line for specific phobias, but benzodiazepines can be used for acute episodes such as before flying if the patient will not be flying often. Choice 3. Fluoxetine is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It is not used in the treatment of specific phobias, but it can be used to treat a comorbidity such as depression. Choice 4. Psychodynamic psychotherapy relies on developing patient insight into their past experiences to help explain and influence an individual's current behavior. CBT is first line to treat specific phobias. Choice 5. Zolpidem is a non-benzodiazepine hypnotic. It is often used as a second-line agent for sleep. It is not used to treat specific phobias. Finally, a bullet summary. Specific phobias are treated with cognitive behavioral therapy. That's all for this review about phobic disorders. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.